This is Teachers Talk Radio, and you are listening live. Good evening. It's Wednesday, it's 10 o'clock, and it's time for the Late Late Chat Show with me, Toby Payne Cook, and my excellent friend, Mr. Ed Finch. This is show two of our three Christmas-themed shows. Last week it was parties, and this week's is book recommendations for those tricky-to-buy-for relatives. This is Teachers Talk Radio, and you are listening live. Tune in live at ttradio.org, or to join in the conversation, download the Podbean app and search Teachers Talk Radio. Follow the hashtag TTRadio. Tune in, talk it out with Teachers Talk Radio. Well, good evening, everybody. Here we are, and here we have my lovely friend Ed. He's in already, I think. Yeah, I think I am. Can you hear me? I can hear you now. Oh, it's a miracle. It is a miracle. Smoother than last week, isn't it? We're looking proper professional now. I know, I know. Who knows? The, the, the world's our oyster, Ed. Now, there have been some conversations about volume, about our volume being very loud, speak loudly. I'm sitting in front of a MacBook and broadcasting yeah. from the Podbean, um, whatever, however it works, and you're called in from your phone with your, your microphone. So we've got to try oh, yeah. and match our volumes um, Well, I've got, to, I've got to enunciate, haven't I? I'm going to sit up and speak like a proper man. Not, I mean, last week I was, I'll be honest with you, last week I was lying on the sofa Maybe that's not the best for my enunciation. Um, no, I think it's always better to stand up, isn't it? And, um... <laughs> it is. They do. Like you see that when you see professional radio people, don't they? They're all standing up. And I think some of them do really long shows. You know, like you're on the morning show, you're on for four hours. I don't want to stand up for four hours barking into a microphone. No, no, no. I'm, I'm quite feet. happy sitting I mean, that's down. That's like four lunch duties in a row, isn't it? I'm not doing that. I'm sitting down. <laughs> um, so, how's your week been, Ed? Well, it's been typified mostly by uh, sore throats, headaches, and um, blocked ears. That's that's been my week. How about yours? Well, it, I, was, I was at school until the end of Monday. Um, Do you know what? And, don't tell um, them this. If, honestly, don't tell them this. Everybody's still at work. If you tell I them know, that you've knocked off on Monday and you haven't been since. Yeah, well, I don't work on Tuesdays on. at the moment. So so um, Tuesday's uh, my, um, my day off um and then wednesday we we finished term a day early because of we could had the freedom to do so so yes so i had i had an absolutely wonderful day i've had a bit of a rough time of it the last few few months really in in my personal life um Mm. but yesterday i just gave myself a brilliant day so i went up to london on the train and and then i got off at london bridge and i discovered the School of Life pop-up shop. Now, I love the School of Life. I think we might have to have a show, as in Alan de Botton, an emotional education, mm. etc. Really, really fascinating stuff. A wonderful shop. So I might talk about some of the stuff I got there later what, on. Just what, t- tell me, what is it? So the, the School of Life is a, is a book, isn't it, by Alain it's, de Botton? It is, a, it is a book by yeah. Alain de Botton um, and, so and collaborators. And yeah, in, in the shop, um, well, in the shop, there are, um, I've, I've not got them right next to me, actually, but mm-hmm. there were a lot of sort of games, so like teamwork, so, and there's a games on um, dilemmas, so it's, it's, it's philosophy, really, so it has, mm-hmm. has a sort of list of dilemmas, and then there's a focus on relationships, a focus on work, a focus on kind of knowing yourself, 
Mm-hmm. And it's really about being a bit more connected to to who we are emotionally, I think, and and having greater emotional intelligence. And, oh, and so, see, see, I don't really want to be more aware of where I'm emotionally because I fear what I would turn. I'm turning over that stone. What on earth is lurking under there? Surely, surely you're better off out of touch with your emotions. Well, yeah, I think sometimes um, there's that. Then, well, exactly. That's the, you've got the two two extremes, haven't you? Socrates mm. and his um, the unexplained life or whatever it is is not yeah. worth living. Um, which I kind of I think there's something not unexamined life, not unexplained life. Sorry, unexamined yeah. life yeah. is not worth living. Which is me all sort of navel gazing, nervous energy. You know, kind of trying mm. to analyze everything, analyze myself. Yeah. And then the opposite extreme not a philosopher but quite a funny man quite a clever man um david mitchell not the author although he's fantastic too the the um writer and author and comedian um Mm -hmm. book title you know thinking about it only makes it worse um but um just yeah we I, i think i think i might reserve my sort of school of life um indulgence for another show because I could could eat into this one a little bit too much with it so because there's some stuff I can talk about and there's some stuff in, in some of the books mm. that I got there which I think would be quite interesting for, for future discussions so apart that but then from there I walked up uh, to Whitechapel popped into Whitechapel Gallery which I'd, yeah. I'd never been into before and saw oh, I can't remember his name there's lots of clay lots of pottery um, and and a bit of um, the Yoko Ono sort of smashed pottery um stuff as well ceramic stuff and that was just great just a half an hour pot around a gallery which is i think the city equivalent of a a bracing kind of country walk i always think you know just sort of freeze yeah. the mind a little bit and then then on to meet my friend rocking ross who is the god of rock who i was at university with um mm-hmm. in shoreditch for some street food at um, box park in shoreditch never been to shoreditch before either which is a um, great place i thought yeah that's i'd like that and then we went across to watch damon album the blur and gorillas man um play on his piano tour with a string quartet and just a bassist and it was just beautiful it was just beautiful beautiful to go to gig my first gig since since um well before march 2020 um so it was lovely to go to that um and it was just a brilliant day so anyway that's been my um, i'm feeling very refreshed by that just just great i can tell you Um, what i did yesterday i i can tell you i I drove from crediton mm -hmm. uh all the way to chagford struggling which is a nice drive it is a nice drive. Yeah, I do it in the dark, though. It'd be a nice. Yes, yeah, so this time of year, it's not so great. Devon driving in the dark's not so good. On like a very, very, very wiggly single track road, also with HGVs. No, I did that, and then I struggled through a few hours of work, and then I felt very ill. Came home and uh, slept on the sofa for six hours, and then I went to bed. Uh, oh, I think you're, you're, you're feeling wins, better, isn't it? Apart from the exhaustion of term, I mean, there's obviously a lot of grim stuff we could talk about. We could we could wallow in the news and COVID and and we could wallow in. Let's ignore all that. I think we need to. All the other people will be talking about that. We should talk about something a little bit, a little bit more special. Yeah, I think this, 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 this show. Yes. 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 So have you, but before we talk about something Christmassy. Yeah. um, Have you got. Have you been paying much attention to the Twitter sphere this week? I haven't paid a huge amount of attention. Uh, so, have you got a tweet of the week? Oh, hang on, have, hang on. Yeah, I haven't done my sound effect, Ed. Oh no, do I've, it, do it, do it. You gotta do it. Gotta do, do it, the man. sound effect. You gotta do it. Oh, I'm Let's looking for the sound effect, people. Hang on, it's coming. It's gonna be worth it. Tweet of the <laughs> week. <laughs> 
cough. That made me coffee mugger. All right. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, my. Do you, you have you got a tweet of the week? Well, not really. I've got I've got a no, I've got a no. Twitter conversation of the week, a uh, no, sort of Twitter spat that. of the week. Yeah. Um, I haven't. I, I really. I was quite fascinated, and I am going to refer to this a little bit later on. Between the the was it a spat or was it a long debate about um, it triggered by something that Tabitha McIntosh yeah. said about English? Are we talking teaching. about the English teaching debate? English one? teaching debate oh, versus. Was it was yeah. I, I quite I mean you know I, I quite enjoyed it and as as a sort of fantasy English teacher with two C's at GCSE, um, but I've kind of grown to get a bit better at English and more interested in it I think since since those distant sixteen year old days um, and and also a scientist and 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 with a, who's reasonably good at maths I kind of found it quite fascinating but I have to say that if when I was at school uh, if I was had a sort of open minded or an open-ended dialogic English teaching you know interpret this text how you want to interpret it you know it's about your relationship with the text it's not about what the text is saying it's about what you feel the text is saying mm-hmm. then I think I'd have loved English more and may not have gone down the the sciencey route because I, I, don't, I don't I think that's the wonder about words and books and literature and art as well is that it is it is how it meets with you isn't it there is no right answer and well, therefore you know, but there's a lot of wrong answers i think is what the point of the people on the other side of that debate were trying to make maybe it was mm. it was one of those hilarious debates wasn't it? it was one of those things where you see people who know well you know these are people who would say that we have to respect uh you know the borders of the of the subject domains wouldn't they they would say oh you know geography is not the same as history we we make reality in, in different ways we make truth in different ways we answer different entirely different questions so we really do need to understand that these domains are separate and on the other hand we can definitely tell you how to do your jobs <laughs> yes so it was it was writ large the lack of respect the people who had no clue uh, they're similar to the people who like to tell us how to teach in early years and foundation stage, isn't it? You know, yeah. from the, from their from their lofty perches. It goes both ways. I know that often people criticise secondary for speaking about primary that way. I've seen primary teachers do the same about secondary, and it's actually not really about primary and secondary. It's about people who teach one subject, um, and, and people who teach many subjects, or people who who teach one subject and think the way they do it is probably the way other people should do their job because it's different. You know, here's yeah. the news. Ring the bells, ladies and gentlemen. It turns out it's a bit different. Home ec, not the same as pure maths, you know? No, absolutely. Stuff. It's like riding a bicycle is not the same as learning how to speak French. You know, we know this stuff. We're not idiots. We're human beings. We learn stuff all the way and we learn stuff in different ways. So I thought that debate was hilarious. I could. There was times when I thought, uh, you know, is this meant to be comedic? You know, is it? Is it? We're all having a tough week. We're all tired. Are, are these people having a laugh? It didn't seem they were, though. I don't know. What do you think? Were they? Were they no, I, I don't. I don't. No, I don't think so. I think. I think they just. Oh well, I think there were good points I think they made. Maybe on, believed their own hype. Maybe that's it. You know? Good points made on both sides. I think. Um, but it was jolly good fun, and I like this project. I don't know if you've seen it's coming out of it, saying that we're going to get a whole bunch of people to teach the same poem. To yes. children of different age groups and presumably different social groups and who knows what else. 
and uh, see what they'll do with it. And I, I thought, maybe I'll do that. I've got year four all day tomorrow because a colleague is off sick. So I shall be putting down the... the is it a poem by E.E. E. Cummings? Is that right? E.E. E. Cummings. Didn't Alex, Alex no um, yeah. wrote, a, wrote a blog about it, I think, last night, um, yeah. dedicated to to the, the yeah the challenge anyway yeah so i think that that was my twitter discourse of the week which was a good old bit of twitter discourse, but it wasn't it wasn't unpleasant it was it was it was there was no it was it was just um persistent and and tenacious i think i think would be maybe the word um have, have you got anything else i'm just looking to see on my bookmarks whether i have got anything else do you know what i have i'm, I'm searching for it i didn't um thing and i'll tell you what it is it's it's uh it's a bit cheeky of me it's not really one of my tweets it's um... well, your tweets are very good though ed you're oh, a very funny God. man well that's, <laughs> that's nice that somebody thinks so but uh i'm actually looking for that wonderful jackie k poem that i was um i was scrolling through my twitter last night um i don't know i was really just about to go to bed to be honest with you and um i came across this poem by jackie k which moved me very deeply yes you and did. You sent that. Out. I quickly screenshotted it and sent it out off my uh, my own account, and um, of all the stuff I've been doing on Twitter in the last few weeks, it was obviously the the right or the wrong thing. You know, I don't know whether I if people could handle it, but I'm, I'm going to read the poem out in just a moment. I think it's just wonderful. Yes, I got um, 61 replies, which is quite a lot of replies, and mostly people just sending a. Uh, the heart emoji or something. Yeah, I sent you the, send you some send you hugs. Yeah, yeah. No, I got a lot of that. I think people thought I was sharing it, you know, because I was struggling with my own grief, uh, and I wasn't last night. I just think it's a bloody brilliant poem. Um, it does, isn't it? Funny how grief gets you, and yes. how grief spends time with you. And as you get older in your grief, I'm thinking, you know, the first the first loss I had that really really meant a lot was my mum, and that's very nearly 10 years ago my dad followed her not long after and um you know my wife god uh, you've had a, a few decade years of after grief. that i've decade had a bad of, i've, I've all, had a bad uh, decade three I, of know. the most well well be careful what i say but three very very important close people yeah go yeah, on are you going to read it out then ed so i'm going to read the poem it's called darling and it's by the wonderful 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 jackie k and uh yeah my tweet of the week, in, in numbers, 289 people pressed like on it, but none of that's for me. It's all for Jackie Kay. I think she says what an awful lot of people feel. So she's, it's, the poem's called Darling. You might forget the exact sound of her voice or how her face looked when sleeping. You might forget the sound of her quiet weeping curled into the shape of a half moon when, smaller than herself, she seemed already to be leaving before she left, when the blossom was on the trees and the sun was out and all seemed good in the world, I held her hand and sang a song from when I was a girl. Heal ye ho, boys, let her go, boys. And when I stopped singing, she had slipped away. Already a slip of a girl again, skipping off, her heart light, her face almost smiling. And what I didn't know or couldn't say then was that she hadn't really gone. The dead don't go till you do, loved ones. The dead are still here, holding our hands. That makes you catch your breath That's a bit, it. doesn't it? Does. It does. It yeah. does. That was that was um, nice to hear you hear you uh, read it rather than yeah. actually read it myself. Sometimes it's nice to be read to, isn't it? It um, is, isn't it? 
isn't it? Right? Yeah. Yeah, and I think that's There's something stories to tell um, about that as well, but maybe now's not the time. But yes, no yeah, no people. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think as 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 I'm off work now and you will be off work but absolutely exhausted from friday then we should have a bit of fun on the twitter between now and next wednesday and 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 um find some 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 likable humorous perhaps um tweets oh do you think for for next week yeah maybe something non-positive Something nice. positive, uh, yes, I think, I think so. Oh no, I mean, um, we have to see. I mean, I, I haven't looked at the Twitter. Maybe the uh, or maybe the audience have gone insane, saying we love this melancholic twist. Please, more of this. Uh, Toby, you, <laughs> oh, found, I, you found your subject. We want more on. Grief there's a lot of a lot of people who 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 are commenting saying that they love the poem and had a little cry and lovely poem on on the on the mm. Podbean. Yes, thank you, thank you, everybody yeah. who's who's listening live, um, either via Podbean or um, via um, the weird internet. Um, so thank you for tuning in live. Of course, you can um, catch up uh, a- another time. Um, anyway, right, sound effects. <laughs> the three most. Now, I have decided to abuse this this week. Um, we have decided to abuse this this week. The three most, we're sort of focused, the three most is when we talk about the three most or the three best somethings and could come up with the three best Christmas book gifts. But yeah, we thought we'd do it a bit differently, didn't we? And, and sort of create these sort of fictional or real relatives to to buy books for. So um, for Christmas. So I think I think we ought to just talk a little bit about the, the subjective nature of a book first really mm, that right. that you know i i have i, I love i could go into waterstones or or, or ter- certainly a well curated independent bookshop maybe not oh, yeah. a big big high street bookshop and i could go and buy probably a quarter of the shop i like okay. buying books i like reading books but i'm better at buying them than i am at reading them to be honest and um, <laughs> And uh, I could probably buy a quarter of the shop thinking, oh, that's interesting. I'd like to have a read of that. Or I'd like to. um, uh, And yet at Christmas, when relatives give me books, generally they're from the other three quarters of the shop. (laughs) Um, And and it's unless there's someone like you, Ed, you know, a friend who knows me well, or who has some sort of connection about something that you know you can oh no toby's really interested in this and i think i think probably we could talk about best and worst christmas presents maybe next week but i think mm-hmm. two examples of books that i've been given that that really haven't resonated one my mother gave me a book um by quintin letts the uh, yeah. daily mail journalist he's got a, not only is he sort of smug in opinion but he's got a sort of <laughs> smug face and i think i read the first paragraph and it was basically a sort of Oh, it was just a right-wing ranty Britain in the sort of 1850s tirade, you know, and just horrendous. And I thought, thanks, Mum. And then um, another book given by another family member a few years ago uh, was an unauthorised and fairly cheap biography of Michael Jackson. And I sort of, I, I looked at it and I thought, and then, and then I was told why I was given it. I said, well, you like, you like music. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I do. Actually, some of Michael Jackson's music is fantastic. I can't yeah. can't deny that fact, but just not that music or or, or novels, you know, sort of. And so so but I think I probably do the same to other people. And I think that's what we want to do tonight. I think we want to give people books 
that they're going to hate. Yes, yeah. give people okay. books that they're going to hate. That's the brief. I'd misunderstood. Yes. <laughs> well, quickly rewrites that thing. The, uh, the <laughs> book that is most calculated to offend. Uh, okay. <laughs> yeah. So, you, so no. you've got some, you've, you've dredged up some of your uh, relations, possibly fictional, possibly not very fictional. No, and, exactly. Uh, we're going to suggest them and we're going to try and uh, be the book doctors and uh, uh, we're, we're going to dispense yes, and the I think... book. And I think when we when we break in, we'll break in ten minutes for the news and an advert and a tech right. update, which will last about six and a bit minutes. So okay. during that time, if people who are listening live via the Podbeam app, maybe they can, maybe we can be a bit spontaneous. So during that sort of ten minute, six minute gap, yeah. people maybe online can suggest some relatives that they find it difficult to buy a book for and challenge us and see how how quick we can come up with something. But um. But but if we if we don't have many, then um, we'll we'll just keep going because I can reckon I could do three shows based on this. Um, so I think we should start with as this is Teachers Talk Radio, and yeah. and and I think we want to keep doing our show. So I think we should <laughs> keep it sort of teacher related to begin. Okay. With. And so sure. so I want to I want to conjure up my example. Relative is a teacher, and right. they've read every sort of pedagogical edu book in the land and mm-hmm. and you know they, they they and that's all they want for christmas they want to read edu right. books over christmas you know on boxing day next to the fire you yeah. know instead of the queen's speech they want to be reading the latest you know research ed publication or whatever and that's fantastic fair enough for them. but you know yes. have a break guys have a break um yeah. So, so my recommendation for this teacher, if they were a science teacher, um, yeah. and, and I'll, I'll, I'll let you go. So what, maybe maybe I should go to you first, Ed, before I start whiffling okay. on. Well, um, tell you what, that that teacher, one, what would you recommend for that teacher? There, there is Not, one book about teaching which every teacher should read and which I don't think I've ever met anyone who has, right? So my mother was an enormous fan. She she had crushes, my mother. She had an enormous crush on Wayne Sleep for a bit. I couldn't bring myself to explain why that was not going to go anywhere. She had a huge crush on Dennis Lawson. Do you know who Dennis Lawson is? Dennis Lawson, was he was a Labour um, minister, wasn't he? No, he's not. He was an actor. He's in the Star Wars. He's, as a oh, pilot. Dennis Lawson. He was well, I've got Dennis um, Healy and Nigel hero. Lawson confused. You're thinking, yeah, no. He was a local hero. He was like the... Uh, yes, guy. yes, Dennis Lawson. I know exactly. Yes, great, actor. great actor. Great, great man. My mum had the enormous crush on him. Went to see him and things in the West End for a while. Anyway, she had a great big crush on a, a novelist called J.L. Carr, best known for a month in the country, I think, probably. Um, anyway, he wrote a book called The Harpole Report, which is a... Um, <laughs> It is a it's the diary of a of a young man who foolishly accepts the job of head teacher of a little village primary, and uh, it contains all the wisdom that you need. Yeah, going into this career, I read it before I ever considered becoming a teacher, but I think about it almost daily. Yes, uh, and uh, it you know it teaches us about pedagogy. It teaches us about dealing with uh, colleagues. It teaches us about dealing with different sorts of difficult or challenging parents it's also funny which i have to say you can't say for a lot of my edgy if you no. go down my list of uh, people i follow on twitter most of them have published a book now most of them have, have sold at least five <laughs> copies i would say of those books and, uh, but not that funny is not they're not very funny not, they're they're a little earnest aren't they a lot of they, they, they can be a little earnest well the harpole report is very very funny book i think it was his first i forget i think it was jail Carr was a teacher and i think 
the story is that his son was refusing to do his homework. And he says, well, I'll sit down and do my homework if you'll sit down and do yours. So his son sat down and like did his geography and his history and his French. And uh, Carr sat down and wrote this novel. And uh, it got published. It was. It is honestly get hold of it. It is right. Funny. So it's we're gonna we'll, we will tweet after sometime after the show. It might not be later tonight. It might yeah. be tomorrow or, or the next I hope day. It's still in print. We'll, it is. we'll tweet out the, the 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 suggestions that we make on the show for people's benefit. Um, uh, so mm-hmm. could you just say that book one more time for people well, who are actually going to take this seriously? Yeah, the the Harpole Report. report. By honestly, it is a very, very funny Carr. book. It was published in '72, so uh, it was published quite a long time ago. But I, I you know, it, it's it's as true. There were some very good books published long before that, so um, I think it may still be relevant. I'm going to talk about um, the, the the teacher I've just described. Um, but if there are sort of, I think there was a conversation on Twitter or maybe even a survey between Ben Newmark and Andrew old earlier on about subject knowledge or pedagogy. And I think that, you know, pedagogy, we all, we all probably need to particularly early in our careers work on our pedagogy and that kind of gets better through practice and, and mentoring and discussion and, you know, dark nights of the soul and all that sort of stuff. But I I think as a science teacher and, and a former scientist, that um, we there's a lot of teachers who are kind of one page ahead in the textbook, really, and we have our curriculum and our curriculum content. But I think we need to read around our subjects much more deeply and much more widely. So there's two very, very wonderful books that I've read that are related to science, but not, you know, and one is by um, Simon Winchester, called The Map That Changed the World. And this was published in, ooh, I've got paperback here. It was published probably about 20 years ago now. Mm. Very good. First published by Viking in 2001, Penguin in 2002. So Simon Winchester, The Map That Changed the World. And this is all about William Smith, who's nicknamed William Strata Smith, who was a canal engineer on, I think, the Bath and Avon Canal in, in the early 1800s. And he published the first geological map of England and Wales. So he, as he built these canals and surveyed and engineered these canals, he he dug up rocks and and so and his his map that hangs in the um, Geological Society building in Burlington Burlington House in in London, um, in eighteen fifteen published in eighteen fifteen was. Um, is virtually identical to the modern British Geological Survey. And when I was at school, I wasn't really that interested in rocks and stuff. But as those of you who know a bit about me, and Ed, you certainly know that I, I kind of worship at the Church of Heartland Quay and yeah. the, the the incredible geological strata that there are there down in northwest Devon. And this book just it's just wonderful because you know it, it sort of talks about the Christian dogma of the time of how most people were basically creationists that, at that time. Mm-hmm. And so this is pre-Darwin um, and how, how uh, you know, you people have dated the, the, the age of man through the generations in the, in the Old Testament, et cetera, et cetera, and all that sort of stuff. And so whereas, you know, he was discovering rocks and claiming these rocks were, were millions and millions of years old. So it was, it was controversial. He wasn't famous in his lifetime, but it's just beautifully written. And it's a great story about how we discover things and how we learn things. Mm. The second science book, um, which is a um, biography by Andrea Wolfe, 
called The Invention of Nature. Um, and it's about the adventures of Alexander von Humboldt, the lost hero of science. Again, mm. not that famous in his lifetime, or, or maybe he was quite famous in his lifetime. But again, he walked well, he walked all over the world, and he he um, but he explored particularly the Andes in South America uh, again. The sort of turn of the late uh, 16th century into the 17th century, and I've got that the wrong way around. 17th century into the 18th century. So again, early, about 1800, and he he really is regarded. He was one of Darwin's heroes. It's just a wonderful book, but it links to um, I can't pronounce it correctly. Gotter, the, the German sort of philosopher and writer Gerser, it talks yeah. about um david henry david thoreau the american philosopher mm -hmm. who wrote walden who who was very influenced by von Humboldt's cosmos so it sort of fuses this it joins everything together and it's it's very relevant because of the climate crisis and all that sort of stuff so because i think um and so I think that if you're a, if you're a science teacher, I think we need to read broadly and around. And I, th I think that's what we should do in our spare not a, not a spare time. If it's, if your hobby is playing football or doing ballet or or art, then fine, let that be your hobby. But I think sometimes reading more broadly around themes of evolution or or geology or history of the earth and all that sort of stuff, I think is it would be a good thing. So 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 that's actually a useful present. So I'm being sensible at the beginning. That's a kind, um, there we that's go. A kind gift. No, no, it sounds it sounds like a fascinating book. I um, I was thinking about um Hutton, of course, and his work at Salisbury Crags in Edinburgh, which uh, I think is, is that about the same time. Mm. Probably, I, but you see, I'm not. I I didn't read very well when I was younger. I didn't really read very well, and and as a scientist, I didn't. The last thing I wanted to read was popular science books, really, because yeah. I read a lot of sciencey journals and articles yeah. professionally, and um. And so, but now I'm a teacher, I kind of, I, I don't know, I've, you find these things or stumble across them and, and they're just, they're, yeah, good. Anyway, good. Um, cool. I'm right, probably going to go to the news in just a oh. moment, okay. but I think let's, 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 oh, I am <coughs> going to go to the news now. Let's, okay. let's go to the news and then we'll have a longer discussion on this. Um, it's so not the news, it's adverts and news. And so um, I, like I think adverts. I rather like the Radio One used to do the news or still do, I think. Uh, half past the hour news beat i remember really being really frustrating when you were listening to whatever it was <laughs> yeah. and you had to sit through 15 minutes of talking and some people are well, choosing to sit through an hour of talking news, isn't it i mean don't diss the news this is this is this is all the news we need to hear this is um hang on i'm trying to get oh come get on mouse i'm it. trying to get down to music oh there we go okay yes there's some quite controversial news in here which we may have to discuss another time anyway okay. here's the news for those of you listening live come up with your suggestions of relatives you find it difficult to buy for books for and pop it in the post on Pod, podbean and we'll have a discussion about it later on if you have any suggestions are you looking to take your phonics practice forward then little wondle letters and sounds revised is the program for you created by two schools with an excellent track record in phonics little wondle letters and sounds revised will help all children become readers and ensure no child is left behind. The programme offers complete support for your phonics teaching, alongside classroom resources and fully decodable readers from Collins Big Cat. To find out more, follow at Letters Sounds on Twitter, Facebook and Instagram, or join a free briefing by visiting littlewondelettersandsounds.org.uk. Teachers Talk Radio is delighted to support Winston's Wish the UK's childhood bereavement charity.
Winston's wish supports children and their families after the death of a parent or sibling. They provide emotional and practical bereavement support. Expert teams also provide online resources, specialist publications and training for professionals. Find out more about Winston's Wish and pledge your support at www.winstonswish.org. This is Teachers Talk Radio and this is Teachers Talk Radio News with Gail Glenn. In Scotland, independent schools have been eligible for charity relief on non-domestic business rates. This will end on the 1st of April 2022. Scottish Greens MSP Ross Greer said, Most Scots are appalled when they discover that private schools use their charitable status to avoid paying tax. Ending this tax break is not only the right thing to do, it will also raise much-needed additional funds for our public services. Private schools exist to protect the power and privilege of the wealthiest people in society. As long as they exist, they should be treated just like any other business and pay the appropriate amount of tax. According to a report in the Daily Record, Fetty's College charges over £36,000 a year for boarding and Gordonston over 40,000 to board senior pupils. Despite the change being delayed due to COVID, the Scottish Government have confirmed the date of April the 1st for its removal. Churchwood School in Wembury has been awarded an outstanding report from Ofsted. This preschool is different in that irrespective of the weather, the children are outside exploring the woods. Emma Draper launched the Forest School in kindergarten in 2017. She explained, We go outside whatever the weather and we splash in puddles when it rains. That's all they want to do. I'm sure you've heard the phrase, there's no such thing as bad weather, just bad clothing. Churchwood Forest School scored an outstanding report in each category, including the quality of education, behaviour and attitudes, personal development and leadership and management. This has been your latest Teachers Talk Radio News with Gail Glenn. This is Two Minute Tech with Steve Woods, your tech briefing on Teachers Talk Radio. This week we're going to look at one of the simplest, freely available, yet least used browser technologies, the Reader View. Chrome versus Edge, let the battle commence! On screen one, I have Microsoft Edge, weighing in at the cost of zero pounds. On screen two, I have Google Chrome, also weighing in at the cost of zero pounds. Round one, opening Reader View. On the Edge browser, the immersive reader feature is built in and can be activated by a button on the address bar, by typing read followed by a colon in front of a URL, and also you can simply press F9. Before you can open Reader View in Chrome, you have to install it as an extension. It's free and not difficult. Once installed, you'll find it in extensions located to the right of the address bar. One point to Immersive Reader. Round two, features. Both come out fighting with the read aloud feature that allows the user to adjust the read speed, skip forward and back, and change the voice that is reading. 
they both also highlight the word being read. Chrome Reader has a volume control, which is a nice touch if not using headphones. One point, Chrome Reader. Round three, readability. A big feature for reader views is the ability to change the formatting to suit the user. Both allow easy changing of font size, font and text width on the screen, but they differ in background color features. Here is where Immersive Reader offers quite a bit more. Chrome Reader offers eight background slash contrast colors, four light and four dark, Immersive Reader provides 23 background options, green, pink, yellow and blue included, allowing pupils with visual needs to find a comfortable colour. One point, Immersive Reader. Round four, editing. Chrome Reader features a design mode. This allows you to highlight text and make changes. Quite useful if wanting to pick out key points to return to. Immersive Reader does not have this feature. One point, Chrome Reader. Round five, extra features. Immersive Reader has a grammar feature, allowing words to be split into syllables. You can highlight nouns, verbs, adjectives, and adverbs by flicking switches. This feature is not offered on Chrome Reader. One point, Immersive Reader. Immersive Reader also offers reading preferences, featuring line focus of five, three, or one line, blocking out the rest of the page. There's a picture dictionary, allowing some words to change the pointer to a magic wand that reveals a picture depicting it. Also, there's a translation feature allowing partial or full translation of a page into 88 different languages at the click of a button. Chrome Reader does not offer these features, however, other free products such as Google Translate could be used. Immersive Reader takes the point because you don't need to leave the page. Final score! Winning with 4 points to 2 after a blistering final round is Microsoft Immersive Reader, but let's face it, most people don't know these things exist. If you were one of them, please do something about it. See if these features are installed in your school, and if not, request they are. For a visual version of this episode, check out the TT Radio 2021 Twitter feed. Two Minute Tech with Steve Woods. Your tech briefing on Teachers Talk Radio. Are you asking me to step back in, Ed? Step into Christmas. Step, step into Christmas. Step back. That right was in. seamless. It was like we'd planned that. that yes, I have, we have got. Now you can't see it, but we have had two suggestions. I've got some fairly, fairly important ones to discuss um, before we get to the end of the show. But we've got two. Come Rachel one's come Ross, from. I'm guessing Uncle Toby. Very tricky. Oh, you can see that, can you? You're I on Podbean as well. Yeah, I can see that. And then there was somebody saying a relative who regurgitates history books verbatim with no yes. thought or analysis. Make it bearable. Make it bearable. Well, I, I the, the one about history, I have got a book. I'm going to have yeah. to turn around. I might make a bit of a non, non-professional radio noise. Um, yeah. like, whoa, 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 whoa. My laptop's coming with me. Hang on a minute. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, right. So a book that I requested i think john o'farrell an utterly impartial history of britain or 2000 year upper class idiots in charge which is rather appropriate after news item about fetus college and gorderston um that might be good for for a history history buff um because um you know at least they can laugh whilst they're um, reading yeah. their endless history um, and maybe come up with some funnier ane- anecdotes perhaps. Yeah, I was thinking something very similar for that. I was thinking of a book that I bought for my son a few months ago which he enjoyed very much and which I uh, read various bits of whilst on the loo. Was James Felton's uh, 52 Times Britain Was a Bell End. Oh um, yes, I haven't read that but I'd like to read it. He's very funny on Twitter, James Felton, isn't he? He's very, very funny on Twitter and I mean, I think it's a funny book and getting 52 stories into a book is, is ambitious. It means that you don't go into each of them in as much depth as maybe you might have, the stories might have deserved but um, yeah, yes. 52 times that Britain was a bell end, uh, 52 times when we weren't the uh, 
the, the great nation that we were that we and, you know when i was a child we were still absolutely held up to be you know i think probably nowadays there's you know we've, we, we we've moved away from that and most of us who have well except for except for Except for the cabinet, except for the government, yeah, but yeah, yes. But I don't think I think they're you know they're a cartoon cabinet, aren't they? They know they're a cartoon they cabinet. You know, yeah. they've got their own things. They can run off uh, run off ledges, and then they don't fall until they look down. Um, but I think most of us think that there was some questioning about about uh, empire to be had. And this yes. is one of those books that glories in it, but it is pretty funny. And as you say, James Felton. If people don't follow him on the Twits, they probably should. He's a funny guy. And yeah, boy, loved that book. Loved it. Yes, that was good. And then, um, so Rachel, um, I think there's lots of people like this. Alex, um, uh, uh, Alex Wright spoke about uh, his father to recommend a book for my dad. Um, and you're recommending one, one, one for your uncle who doesn't sit still long enough to read a book. Um, right. uh, ooh, I've got some short books. Um, I think yeah. that's what you need, isn't it? Obviously. In fact, this one is quite good, maybe, that I bought at um, – this is not really appropriate at all, Rachel, actually, but I'm going to go for it. This, I bought this at the School of Life. It's a children's book called Things Never to Tell Children. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's a very – it's like – you remember Miffy Rabbit books? It's got a – it's about yeah. – a rabbit. So it says, after a long and happy childhood, one day Bunny's parents told him that it was time for him to go out and explore the wonders and beauty of the world. And then the dark side, to survive without their assistance, pay for everything himself, and solve his problems on his own. <laughs> this mm-hmm. is what's quite funny. And this one's quite appropriate um, outside the world of teaching. Bunny looked for work that would give him meaning and make a difference to the lives of others. But never found any. <laughs> um, anyway, um, picture books. Charlie Maskey um, is is um, uh, yes. Charlie Maskey's um, that's a good idea. The 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 horse, the fox, and the ferret breeder, or whatever it's called. Um, I can't remember its name. Um, <laughs> the ferret um, <laughs> Honestly, I'm the only person. I was, you know, I wouldn't say this on Twitter. I'd be shot down and be piled on. But I think it's safe here. Can't bear it, mate. Cannot bear it. Honestly. It's a I, I, I mean, it's the it's the equivalent, isn't it, of those posters of a picture of a kitten with some glowing text? You know, <laughs> I mean, it was, it was the book of the year for a few years oh, ago. Mate, it was the bookseller's what? dream. Of bookseller's the year. dream. It just sold That's loads. That's why it, has... it won that. You had a big pile of them next to the till, <laughs> and they would, you know, they had to be driving a forklift up from the basement to keep that stocked up. Everybody bought it. That don't mean yeah. it was good. Honestly, I think the guy's probably an absolute diamond, and I know that I'm a horrible, cynical person. But it made no, I think it's, it's it's a lovely sentiment, but it's a bit too it's a bit too um, no, insipid. I think is a good word, isn't it? Um, for that, I'll tell you I what, think... I was just very cool for that 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 guy who can't sit still. Um, I, I I don't know if you noticed a couple of weeks ago. I said, "Oh, it's nice to get things through the door, isn't it? Anybody who would like to get something through the door." Drop me your email and I'll, I'll your address and I'll drop you something if you trust me. Obviously, it's obviously a mad thing to do. People shouldn't be sharing addresses online, but uh, you know, a good few people did drop me their address, so I sent them a you know a card and a poem or something. And lots of people yeah. insisted on sending something back. I got this beautiful book from Sarah Helm, who lots of people will know yes. from the Twitter. She's a lovely lady, and she sent me a beautiful book by Robert McFarlane. It's only a few pages long, and um, 
actually old ways or or no it's, um, it's called the gifts of reading and it's one of those tiny books do you remember the penguin 60s back when yes the yes 60s? so it's that sort of that sort of a size it's only 34 pages long and it's a little essay about a book called a time of gifts which you i don't know if you've read if you haven't put no. that on your list beautiful book about a guy patrick lee Fermor. Basically, got yes. he got thrown out of several schools, didn't know what to do with his life, ended up deciding to walk to Constantinople. So he got on a steamer in London, crossed to, to the Hook of Holland, and from there walked to Constantinople. And um, decades later, drawing on his memories and his diaries from the time, turned this into a beautiful trilogy of books, um, A Time of Gifts being the first one. So it's um, Robert McFarlane writing about A Time of Gifts, talking about... Um, the, uh, the Golden Mountain, Nan Shepherd's brilliant book about the Cairngorm, the, sorry, The Living Mountain. And um, I read that, you know, it's half an hour to read it, but it, it's, I've been thinking about it since. So there's a serious answer to that. If he can't That's sit down good. for very That's long, good. it's only gonna... 34 pages. Thank you to Sarah for sending it to me. And um, I've really, really enjoyed it. Yeah. Probably yeah, also I... in a pile next to the till at Waterstones, I should think. It's a problem that I think books books probably generally are too long. Um, and yeah. uh, I, I mean, I, I'm trying to write books and I, I have written one and it's definitely too long. But um, yeah. but there you go. Um, I, we'll see. We'll see how we get on. But I'm, I'm, I'm going to come up with a different fictional relative now, which this may be okay. useful as well as it for all people, I think, should read this book. But a fictional relative, first of all, is your... It could be a brother-in-law. It's more likely to be a sister-in-law. Um, mm. Faddy, diet, obsessed. Oh, so okay. sort of, you know, with, with just, you know, they, they, they probably don't need to be on a diet. I mean, we're all on a diet, obviously, hopefully a balanced one. But, but um, you know, it, it's someone who sort of, you know, reads an article in a newspaper or, or stumbles across some quack who's got a fake purchased PhD after their name um, mm -hmm. in, in, in nutrition or something and just, you know, starts banging on about how they've never felt so good because they've, they've stopped eating all carbohydrates um, or, or something like that, or they, or they've never felt so good because they've stopped eating. Anyway. Um, so, so that's the relative who, who's just really sort of fatty obsessed. And okay. my recommendation, my ahead. recommendation for them is the angry chef um, by Jay, mm -hmm. not by Jay Rayner, he, by Anthony Warner, Jay Rayner comments on the cover. Um, it, so bad science and the truth about healthy eating. And, um, it's, it, I'm sure a lot of you listening um, have may have come across Ben Goldacre and Bad Science um, and then also Bad Farmer, which are both worth a read, but they're a bit ranty. They're a bit ranty. Um, and, and also, as someone who's ex-pharmaceutical industry, they're quite hard reads, although he is kind of right. Um, so, But this is the kind of cooking and diet version of bad science. But Angry Chef, it's just funny. I, I got given this for Christmas a few years ago myself yeah. and, and gorged on it on Boxing Day and, and the 27th of December. And oh, hang on, there we go. My screen's back. But I'll just read you a little section from this. This is the section on paleo. Um, talking about the paleo diet, which is all about um, eating like kind of cavemen, basically. Yeah. Um, yeah. And Paltrow, so there's, there's a passage of sort of fictional dialogue here. Um, 
uh, where are we? So the alkaline diet gives people the solution to all their health problems in terms of the little bit of chemistry they can recall. This is clearly an effective strategy. So if you can find any other areas of science that people vaguely remember from school and exploit them in a similar way, you're on to a pseudoscience winner. I imagine that at the headquarters of Big Avocado in the secret underground lair where Gwyneth Paltrow concocts her plans, they reg regularly hold meetings that go a little like this. Paltrow science. Anyone got any ideas? We've done acid and alkaline. Is there anything else we remember from school chemistry? Hench person one. Mm, carbon chains? Paltrow science. Good. Pass that over to the coconut oil department. They may have a use for it. Hench person two. Something about moles? Paltrow science. That's biology, stupid. But it does give me an idea. Is there anything we can remember from school biology lessons? Hench person one. Photosynthesis. Is there something about chlorophyll? Paltrow science. Good. I like it. Write that down. Chlorophyll produces oxygen, I think. So maybe we could say it oxygenates the blood. And, and it goes on like that. Anyway, it's just, it's funny, but it's also very factually, I think, accurate. You know, I think the thing is, we don't really understand diet and nutrition as well as we think we do. And I think it's quite educational in that. And it's all about the whole, you know, sugar and fat thing you know when we all went low fat we took sugar out of food i'm talking density sure we took fat out of food because we thought fat was bad but really if we're honest there's only so many packets of pork scratchings you can eat without kind of not wanting to eat anymore whereas you can eat never-ending sugar and never-ending salt in flavored food and it really doesn't do you much good so it's about that sort of stuff so i think that's that's my recommendation for that sort of relative um gosh we've only got 12 minutes left um Oh, uh, although we could keep going because there's no one on after us, but um, that would probably be a bit naughty um, and we might have the plug pulled on us. Um, so um, next relative, I think we need to do the bigoted aunt, the bigoted, okay. racist, snobby aunt. Um, this is an entirely fictionalized character. I've never met anyone like this yeah. in my life yeah. who, who's someone who lives in their sort of private school cocoon you know remember that i went to private school so did my parents um and their parents too so i i've never met anyone like this at all avid daily mail reader um you know just sort of goes on about stuff um what would you recommend for them ed i have my own recommendation what would you recommend well, i mean we've I, all got that kind of relative somewhere in a distant family i think i don't have anything to do with them but um uh, I think uh, I think the establishment and how they get away with it by Owen Jones. The, uh, <laughs> yes, well. um, they're not going to like it. Let's no. be honest; they're not going to read it, but they deserve to be given it. That's uh, right. It is, I guess you would say it's a. Uh, it's a uh, yeah, no, I gave yeah, that. I gave that to an uncle once, an, an uncle by marriage. I gave that to an uncle yeah. once, and um, he, he, yes. I'm pretty sure he didn't read it, but um, no, no. Um, I think sometimes Perhaps he had it. Would, I'm looking at it now on a uh, Goodreads it, in it. Just Jones describes relationships between different groups, which he believes form the British establishment. So it's a, a skewering of all the different crony groups that work together to stitch the nation up. And, uh, you know, I, I enjoy that sort of thing. I enjoy yes. Chavs more. I enjoy Chavs very much. Um, I like Owen Jones. I heard him speak once at the uh, NUT National Conference. I thought it was marvellous. More of that yeah. sort of thing, please. Uh, yeah, let's face it. Nothing I give that bigoted relative is going to touch the sides, is it? I can no, nothing. But, but I don't think... I think I think that's it. We're all kind of entrenched a bit in our own views, and, and some of oh, us are probably more sure, right yeah. than others. And so... But, but my suggestion um, would be 
possibly this um Francis Ween's How Mumbo Jumbo Conquered the yes. World. Yeah, yeah, um, which I enjoyed reading. Um, I've got a little bit here. I don't think I've got, I don't think I'll move on to another book, another relative. So I can't, but the bit about sort of Diana and how we went from Princess Diana's death, how we went from what happened here, all that changed with a car crash in a Parisian tunnel in the early hours of 31st mm-hmm. of August, 1997. So much that the demise of t- Mother Teresa a few days later was all but eclipsed overnight. <laughs> Overnight, the simpering Barbie narcissist became not only the loveliest woman of the century, but also the queen of hearts, the nabob, the nabob of sob. Mm. It was just, it's what just very funny. It's very polemic. Yeah, yeah. Francis Wayne wrote some terrific books, hasn't he? I yeah. That. He wrote, yeah. Is he still with us? I don't, I don't know. He's anymore. quite, yes, he's, he's, he's an old sort of satirist. An old, I don't know if he's still with us. Good question. Um, well, I'll anybody, check that out. Anybody, that, anybody wants to tell us, if anybody wants to do a quick Google and drop a, a message in and tell us if Francis Ween is still... Who knows Francis Ween, W-H-E-E-N. Francis, That's male right. Francis with an I, not with a female one with an E. Um, there we go. Um, so that's that's a recommendation for that mm-hmm. relative. Let's, what other relatives have we got now? I want to... We've been we've done some slightly light-hearted writers. I'm gonna I'm gonna talk about a friend now. Um, mm-hmm. uh, speaking about a friend who perhaps you know has been married for quite a long time and seemingly very happy, ma- happily married, has a very nice life. Perhaps not got a mortgage, got you know a lot of disposable income, lovely life, but just seems like something sort of missing. Um, and and so I stumbled across a book that I think would be very suitable for this sort of person although this it may trigger a big life change mm-hmm. so I, um, I, I'm not speaking in massive code here but um, I think sometimes when buying books before I mention the book um, sometimes when buying books it's good to shop in secondhand bookshops because I think if you go into a big high street bookshop then you are being marketed at of course and there's wonderful books you know you can go and find whatever book you want but if you're going to do random christmas shopping um apparently still alive joe joe has told us um and thank you very much joe and um so i think that you know you can go in and you know if you're going to go and buy you've got to get got to get my little you know nephew some books for christmas because he's not really into reading so i'll buy in the latest walliams and that's good love these on the telly isn't he that does that be great yes that'll get him reading and all that sort of stuff or you get the latest jamie oliver cookbook or the latest whatever branded you know whoever branded to the hilton and anyway blah 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 but sometimes in a secondhand bookshop you you buy a book that you weren't expecting to want or need and you find this great book and i stumbled across a while ago for this friend um a <laughs> book called the salt path by Raina win oh, and um it's become very very popular since then but this was this was early on that it was in a secondhand bookshop so someone obviously read it and either not liked it or done the charitable thing and given it away um and um, it, it's an absolutely wonderful, wonderful book, but partly because it's about the southwest coast path walking from Minehead to Poole, which is, of course, mm-hmm. the best coast, worth, coast path in the, in the land, particularly the North Devon stretch. Um, I'm biased. So that's why I – oh, that's why this friend – that's why I bought it for this friend. Sorry, I'm not kind of maintaining this. Thing. But it's, it's just an incredible story because these two people – in their sort of mid fifties, lose everything, 
and you know they mm. they lose their home because they've got some bad debt that and they they have to pay off and their um the the husband um moth has got some um degenerative um terminal illness he's going to die and and they've lost everything their kids they have got two kids i think who've kind of grown up and left home and so they have no money and he's going to die and they don't want to look like homeless people, so they decide to wild camp and walk the southwest coast path on basically forty-eight pounds a week um, for food and everything. And it's and it's incredible, 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 incredible. He's only sixty-four. Rachel tells us that Francis Sweeney is only sixty-four. Um, we were writing off a bit 50. early. How um, is he only fourteen years older than me? Carry on. Um, but but our, um, this this book is, you know, they have nothing. And it's quite bleak to begin with because, yeah. you know, they're tired and it's a hard old walk. Um, but then you realise reading it that they have each other and they have love. And you, you sort of realise, you know, I think uh, for me, I'm going through quite a big life change. And, and you kind of, you know, you get locked into all the stuff you think you need. Like you think you need a big Christmas tree full of fairy mm. lights and you think you need the full well, if you're middle class like me, the full sort of Waitrose Christmas Day feast and you think you need lots of books and you think you need, you know, whatever, a, a reliable, comfortable car and all these things. And, of course, we do kind of get conditioned into needing these things because everyone else has got them now. But yeah. actually, when you realise if you've got love and you've got someone else and you've got beautiful scenery mm. and you've got a bit of food, then – you know that's all right, and it's quite it's quite powerful. So I think that's quite a powerful. They do have message quite a for... profoundly horrible experience in that book. I, I, I met a man on the coast path. I was walking on the coast path where in Pembrokeshire, and yes. I ran into a man who was clearly having some form of a midlife time, you know, and wanted to tell me, and you know, uh, I quite like walking just in the solitude, but he very much needed a friend that day, and very much needed yes. to talk that day. And he was walking this. The, 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 this is ooh. I'm going to say it was maybe 2019 this happened. He was walking the path because he'd read the salt path and he wanted a bit of that experience, you know, so he'd take a time out to do it. It had moved him very deeply. When I read the book, I was like, do you know what? They're having a horrible time. There's no, um, she draws no veils over the, like moth is in terrible pain. They have no yeah. money. A gull goes off with their Cornish pasty and they know they're not going to eat for the rest of the day. It's not very nice. They get, they try to wild camp and people throw them off the land quite aggressively, you know. Um, but as you say, you know, the love between the two of them and the gradual healing that comes out of it, oh, it's, uh, it is quite a remarkable book. Remarkable for being, I'm going to say, you might disagree. I don't think it's terribly well written. I don't think no. you put sentences together or paragraphs together in a way, which is normally I'm very fussy about that. I'm a snobber of a reader. I, like, I want beautiful language. It isn't that, but it is a profoundly authentic experience. Well worth a read, yes. Yeah, no, I totally agree. That's a, that's a very, very good analysis. That's excellent. I'm, I am looking forward to speaking about books with you in, in, a, in another show in the future. I think well, maybe in a pub to... as well. We're allowed to do that, aren't we? We can do it. We can do <laughs> speak about books in a pub. Um, I think I did have one more book that I wanted to talk about, but I think it'll be a bit of a rush. Um, <laughs> And so I think I'm not going to. Well, I will mention one other. There was another book that I read a few years ago. This is this is for teachers. Going let's, let's end with talking about teachers. Teachers who mm. sort of always because we're all a bit because we spoke about this last week, I think, um, or maybe we spoke about it in one of our private conversations, Ed. But mm. how we can take ourselves a bit seriously. We're a bit downtrodden as a profession, and and some teachers perhaps tend to, you know, profess 
their professionalism a little bit more than other professions do. Um, and um, so the book called The Amateur by Andy Merrifield might be good for someone who takes their professionalism a little bit too seriously. Um, so The Amateur, The Pleasures of Doing What You Love. This is a genuinely good recommendation, actually. It's 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 pro, it's, it's it's a sort of philosophy book, Praise for the Wisdom of Donkeys. He's already in a book. Andy Merrifield, The Pleasures of Doing What You Love, about The Amateur. I'll just read you the opening, opening uh, paragraph. Um, professionals are everywhere. Little gets done nowadays without a professional expert offering their specially acquired knowledge, downscaling and evaluating, measuring and advising, scheming and sorting out life for millions of people the world over. It's as if everybody needs to get in on the act to brand their whole personality as a compliant professional to advance their career, to live a happy life. It's like we're being told there are only two types of people, professionals, brackets, including wannabe professionals, and losers. In this book, I want to challenge this order of things. I want to present an alternative category, the nemesis to the professional expert, the amateur. Here, the amateur is both a real and imagined category, somebody who does exist today, but also someone who ought to exist. Anyway, it's, it's, I, I think it's quite, it's quite an interesting thing to, to think about that, that actually sometimes it's the things we do as amateurs that bring us more meaning and more joy and perhaps more purpose than the things we do professionally. Um, yeah, something yeah, to think yeah, about. Yeah, um, um, anyway, we are over our hour, Ed. <laughs> we have um, gone over the hour. And <laughs> I think that uh, um, there's much more we can talk about about books. In the future, we can, and we haven't spoken about fiction books, but of course, fiction's a bit, bit it's pretty subjective. What people like, and and if people don't like reading books, then recommending fiction is is not going to work very well. But we'll have definitely future chats about fiction. But next week, I think we will play. Oh, we haven't played any music, Ed. We haven't. No. I mean, I have gosh. been lately next to me on the sofa throughout the evening, looking for, or hoping to be invited. Oh, Ed, that's my here. fault. Can you play wow. us out with a with a ukulele carol? Can you play us out because um you know people can still listen to that and I can stop the show a minute late. Can you play us out with a ukulele ukulele carol um and yeah. then I'll play the end music a little bit late and we will play we'll have 50 instead of the five minutes of music we were supposed to have today, we will have 15 or 20 minutes of Christmas carols. We'll think about That's good things and bad things about Christmas day next week. Um thank you very much for listening. Here's Ed with his ukulele. Any carol of your choice. Go on, go on, go Thank on, you one, very much one, for listening. What, what's, what, which carol do you want? Go on, quick. Which what do carol want? do you want? Yeah, go on. What's easy? What's easy for you? Hark the Herald? Hark the Herald? Hark the Herald angels sing Goodbye to the newborn king Peace on earth and mercy mild God and sinners are reconciled Joyful all ye nations rise, join the triumph of the skies. Oh, my battery's gone. It's 30 seconds, guys. That's all you got. I'll just do a big finish. Thank you, Ed. I, you Ed's going to be oh, more yeah. next week. <laughs> no, no, everybody. My battery's awesome. gone. I'll see you soon. Bye. Take care. Bye-bye. You've been listening to Teachers Talk Radio. Tune in live and listen back at ttradio.org. We look forward to hearing from you next time on Teachers Talk Radio.